Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. We have such a special episode for you guys here today because Gordon Murray has finally unveiled the successor, the spiritual successor to the McLaren F1 called the T.50, or I guess the T.50 in that case, it's $3.1 million. But it's, you know what, it's kind of worth the hype, and it's kind of worth the price. Let's get into it. We have two articles here for you guys today, one from Car Scoops, and then one that's a little bit more in-depth on road and track. I've seen a few videos, but not not too many, so I'm not, I'm not going to be able to recite anything from there, so this is strictly just what I'm reading here on the articles. And then what I think about the looks and you know what I'm just gonna say right off the bat I think it looks fantastic anyway Gordon Murray is best known for creating the McLaren F1 and now he's following up with a spiritual successor of sorts known as the T50 designed to be the purest lightest and most driver-centric supercar ever created the T50 improves on the McLaren F1 in every conceivable way of course that's a bit subjective as T50 looks like the unholy love child of a McLaren and a Porsche 918 Spyder. No, the holy love child of those cars. That being said, the car does take the idea of the F1 into the modern era. Starting up front, there's a wedge-shaped nose which features a pair of F1-inspired LED headlights. The model also has a rakish windscreen, dihedral doors, and engine covers that open upwards. The, the design of the door is echoed, well, doors, is echoed on the glass roof, but the most notable characteristic of the roof-mounted Sorry, the most notable notable characteristic is the roof-mounted scoop, which feeds air directly. No, 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 which feeds air to the naturally aspirated V12 engine. Elsewhere, we can see streamlined carbon fiber bodywork, a ventilated rear fascia, and a large diffuser. The model also has 3D taillights and 19 by 20 inch forged alloy wheels wrapped in McLaren Pilot, in McLaren Pilot Sport 4S tires. The latter are backed up by a performance high-performance drive. No, by a high-performance. Braking system that features six piston calipers which grab onto 14.6 inch or 370 millimeter carbon ceramic discs. Out back, there are four piston calipers and 13.4 inch or 340 millimeter discs. However, the car's most distinctive feature is its rear mounted fan that looks like something you'd find on a Batmobile. They, they spelled it Batomobile, though that's strange. The multi-blade fan is a unique addition, and Gordon Murray Automotive says it helps reduce drag by 12.5% and adds, adds approximately 49 horsepower to the car's output. If that wasn't enough, the fan shortens braking distances and increases downforce by up to 100% in braking mode. So, just as a short little aside, the rear here, remember the, the fan, the, those old F1 cars that had the fans on it? Okay, it looks like that with the fan, just a little bit higher up, not right down to the ground. Speaking of aerodynamics, the car has dynamic rear spoilers and active underbody panels. There are also six aero modes known as Auto, High Downforce, Streamline, Braking, Test, and VMAX Boost. The latter is designed for maximum performance and it raises the car's output to 690 horsepower. The driver sits front and center. Like the F1, the T50 has a central driver's seat that is flanked by a passenger seat on each side. To accommodate the layout, the car eschews a traditional center console and uses a floating arm on the right side of the driver's seat. It's home to a titanium shifter and infotainment controls. The model also has center-mounted instrument cluster, or has, it should be has a, the model has a center-mounted instrument cluster with a large tachometer that is flat, 
flanked, sorry, that is flanked by two digital displays. They reside behind a carbon fiber steering wheel and are surrounded by aerospace-grade aluminum rotary switches. Elsewhere, there are video camera side mirror displays and lightweight pedals. The model also has a 10-speaker audio system and Android Auto slash Apple CarPlay compatibility. Given that the T50 is a, is a bespoke beast, every customer will be given an opportunity to discuss their car with Gordon Murray and personalize it. The company says this process will involve a fitting session where they ensure the driver's seat, steering wheel, and pedals are ergonomically perfect and individualized for each discerning customer. The company also noted British suppliers are responsible for every major component throughout the interior, as well as every facet of the car's exquisitely engineered underpinnings, as Murray wanted the T50 to be a true British sports car. A V12 that screams to 12,100 RPM. As we have previously reported, the car is powered by a bespoke 3.9-liter V12 engine that produces 654 horsepower and 344 pound-feet of torque. It's naturally aspirated and built by Cosworth. Awesome. The engine has been designed to be the world's highest revving, fastest responding, and most power-dense and lightest road-going V12. It revs to 12,100 RPM and can go from idle to redline in just 0.3 seconds? Jeez, that's some motorbike insanity! To be truly remarkable, an engine needs to have the right characteristics. Highly responsive, an amazing sound, engaging torque delivery, free revving, and has to be naturally aspirated, commented Gordon Murray. For all those reasons, the engine in the T50 was never going to be anything other than a V12. From the first touch of the titanium throttle pedal to the V12 screaming at 12,100 RPM, the driver experience will surpass any supercar ever built, he said. No other road car can deliver the package of power, instant responsiveness, and driver feedback in such a direct and focused way while remaining comfortable, refined, and usable every day. The engine is connected to a 6-speed manual transmission which has 5 close ratios geared for acceleration. There's also a longer 6th ratio for cruising. Like everything else on the T50, the gearbox has been designed to be extremely lightweight. As a result, it has an aluminum casing that is just 0.1 of an inch thick, or 2.4 millimeters thick. This helps to enable the transmission to weigh just 177 pounds, or 80.5 kilograms. Unfortunately, the company didn't reveal the car's top speed or its 0-60 to 60 time. However, Gordon Murray Automotive said they're not chasing power or top speed figures. Given the focus on weight, the T50 has a carbon fiber monocoque, which promises exceptional stiffness and torsional rigidity. It's also extremely lightweight, as the total body, including monocoque, weighs less than 331 pounds, or 150 kilograms. This, combined with other weight-saving measures, enables the car to tip the scales at 2,174 pounds, or 986 kilograms. That's about a third less than your typical supercar. In fact, it weighs less than the already lightweight Mazda MX-5 which is 2,334 to 2,403 pounds. The model also promises to appeal to purists as it has a double wishbone suspension as well as rack and pinion steering system for driving purity. The car also has a limited slip differential and driver aids that can be disabled. An expensive treat at over 3 million before taxes in the UK. The T50 will be launched in January of 2022 and cost 2.36 million or 3.8 million dollars or 2.62 million euros before taxes. Production will be limited to 100 units and there will be a service network established in Abu Dhabi, Japan and the United States and the United Kingdom. There will also be a so-called flying technician to support vehicles in these other markets. Just 100 customers will share my vision, a car created to improve on the F1 formula in every conceivable way, said Gordon Murray. With 30 years of technical and, system advan and systems advancement, now the time is right to design the greatest analog driver's car. 
I believe no other company could deliver what we will bring to market in 2022. Producing the British supercar will be my, or producing this British supercar will be my proudest moment. He's gosh darn right about that. This looks to be just a treat for the drivers who can afford it. What an excellent piece of machinery. Alrighty, everyone, we are here at the Road and Track article. No sugarcoating. Let's get into it. Gordon Murray holds weekly Weight Watchers meetings. He's not helping people diet, of course. He's making absolutely certain his new supercar is lighter than his last. Murray takes about six hours every week to meet with his team and analyze the car's every component down to the fasteners. They're fun, he says of these sessions. Well, they're not fun if you're one of the designers, and you're a bit heavier than the target, but I enjoy them. Why so fastidious? Murray's new car, the Gordon Murray Automotive T50, is the successor to the sublime F1. One can't follow that car without obsessing over every detail. Even 28 years after its debut, the F1 is still the supercar benchmark. Its driver sits on the centerline of the carbon fiber monocoque chassis. It weighs only 2,500 pounds, yet has a 627 horsepower V12. It has no traction control, ABS, or power steering, but it does have an honest six-speed manual gearbox. It's capable of 243 miles per hour, and won the 24 Hours of Le Mans its first time out. The McLaren F1 materializes the dream of a single man. Paul, I can't say your last name, I don't know how to say it, sorry, wrote in his November 1994 Road and Track Review. Not just any man either, but one of the most imaginative and successful engineers Formula One racing has ever seen. Murray first made his mark on the Formula One world in 1978 with the Brabham BT-46B, which used a gearbox-driven fan to suck the car to the ground. After winning its first and only race, it was withdrawn from competition after pissing off the F1 establishment. At Brabham, he equipped Nelson Piquet for his 1981 and 83 championships with designs that included the innovative dart-shaped BT-52. Murray left for McLaren in 1987, where he helped create the MP4-4, arguably the most successful F1 car of all time. His interests extended beyond the sport. He introduced the Rocket, an ultralight, road-going, single-seater in 1991. After the F1 road car was finished, he stayed on at McLaren to work on the McLaren SLR before establishing Gordon Murray Design in 2007. His first project as his own boss? A forward-thinking concept for a city car, the T25, produced with a new manufacturing process called iStream, in which a steel tube frame is strengthened with bonded body panels for a stiff, lightweight chassis. Later came the world's first flat-pack flat truck, the Ox, which has yet to reach production. But over the years, the McLaren F1's legend has only grown. It never left Murray's thoughts. I had to sit quietly in a room on my own and try to analyze why nobody, nobody, has picked up the formula, Murray says. That simple question led him to two conclusions. Either people didn't get the F1 formula, or they did, but couldn't pull it off. Maria is also motivated by new challenges. I thought, what would it take to do a better car than the F1? People are still telling me it's the best driver's car out there, and it's the most iconic car. So what a challenge to try and beat that. Like the F1 before, the T50 is a carbon fiber three-seater, a purest machine reflecting the taste of its creator. Chasing horsepower figures is something I didn't do in the F1. Chasing top speed is something I didn't do. I didn't even calculate the acceleration figures on an F1. It just happened to be quick, Murray says. Instead, he chased power to weight. The heart of the F1 is its engine, a 6.1 liter naturally aspirated V12 engine designed by BMW motorsport legend Paul Roche. Sorry if I got your last name wrong. Knowing the T50s had to be... The T50's engine had to be spectacular. Murray turned to Cosworth for an all-new V12, 
the right place to turn, let me say. <laughs> Inspired by classic Ferraris, Murray originally envisioned a high-revving 3.3-liter V12, but to get the desired power-to-weight ratio, the T50 would need to come in under 9,840, no, 9, no, 1,984 pounds. Many calculations later, Murray and Cosworth determined a 3,994cc V12 and a 2,174-pound car would provide the desired balance without making the T50 a stripped-out nightmare. 4 liters is still tiny for a modern V12. That small displacement is a big part of why this engine, the Cosworth GMA, will rev to 12,100rpm, higher than any other road car mill. Possibly even more impressive is how quickly it reaches max rpm. Murray challenged Cosworth to beat the F1's ability to gain 10,000rpm per second, Cosworth engineers got 28,000 RPM per second. That's ridiculous. Murray wants to recreate the immediate kick in the back you got in an F1. He also wants, wants an induction note that's just as enveloping. A ram air inlet looms just above the driver's head, feeding four throttle bodies, so the sound should be extraordinary. In regular operation, the Cosworth GMA produces 654 horsepower at 11,500 RPM and 344 pound-feet of torque at 9,000 RPM. Murray doesn't consider the T50 a hybrid, but it does use an integrated starter generator, ISG, driven by a 48-volt electrical system, replacing the starter and alternator. The T50 uses an ISG because it saves weight and reduces parasitic losses. Plus, it helps clean up the look under the Tomoso Magusta-inspired engine cover. The ISG also ensures that the T50 will have good air conditioning. Murray says the AC was a weak point on the F1, because his team couldn't find a belt-driven compressor that worked with the engine at idle and also at 8,000 RPM. With the 48-volt system, the AC isn't driven by the engine at all. The engine has a 65-degree V angle with four gear-driven overhead cams, dry sump lubrication, and titanium rods and valves to keep weight down and revs high. The ISG also powers the fan on the back of the car. This isn't just a nod to the BT46B. This fan is actually far more sophisticated, with variable speed control. Murray says the T50 uses the fan for boundary layer control, or, in simple terms, managing the air above and below the car. There are six aero modes that alter the behavior of the fan, the flaps in the diffuser, and the twin airfoils on the rear deck. If you don't want to think about anything while you pretend Main Street is the most sand, leave it in automatic, and the T50 will make adjustments depending on how you drive. Under hard braking, the airfoils rise to maximum attack, and the fan spins up to increase downforce. If you find if you find yourself on a track, select high downforce, and the fan speeds while while flaps and the fan speeds up while flaps open in the diffuser to increase grip. If you find yourself at a drag strip, use streamline to cut drag and increase speed. Then there's Vmax mode. When selected, the fan is driven by the battery, not the ISG, giving the T50 an extra 30 horsepower for a short period. Finally, there's test mode, where the fan spins to maximum speed and the airfoils cycle through their full range. It's mostly for showing off. The engine is backed by an X-Track 6-speed manual gearbox. Yes, automated transmissions are now the norm in supercars. Murray's a purist. For him, shifting gears is essential to the driving experience, and the shift itself should be great. Murray's benchmark is a Honda S800, which he describes as having the sweetest rifle bolt action of any car he's ever driven. X-Track even developed a special prototype transmission that allowed for quick adjustments of the shift action, so Murray gets exactly what he wants before production begins. Murray sa says around 50% of the 339-pound weight savings over an F1 comes from the drivetrain, actually. The engine weighs less than 400 pounds, the gearbox 177. That's 132 pounds and 22 pounds lighter, respectively, than the F1's components. 
The combined weight of the T-50's carbon fiber monocoque and body panels is 331 pounds. The F-1's monocoque weighed nearly 300 pounds on its own. With the analysis tools we've got, we can take weight out of the primary structure, even the secondary structures, the bodywork, in places that I couldn't even dream of doing 30 years ago, Murray says. Murray has been obsessed with weight his entire career. Following in the footsteps of Lotus founder Colin Chapman, there's two ways of getting a power-to-weight ratio, he says. One is through weight, then you need a lot less power, and one is through power, then you need a lot more weight. He posits a hypothetical 4,400-pound car with 2,000 horsepower, and a 2,200-pound car with 1,000 horsepower. The power-to-weight ratio of both cars is the same, but the way the cars perform on the road and the feedback they give the driver is just two different worlds. That's where I've always come from. It's not just about power-to-weight. It's about how you achieve power-to-weight. Hence, hours of Weight Watchers meetings and a final curb weight of 2,174 pounds without fuel. Interestingly, the T-50 won't use carbon fiber wheels despite their benefit of reduced unsprung ma uh, mass. Instead, GMA went with forged aluminum pieces from Italy's APP. Murray says the weight difference between these and carbon fiber units is negligible, and alloys are much stronger than carbon fiber wheels, which run the risk of quick and catastrophic failure. Brakes are Brembo's 14-point-inch carbon fiber ceramic disc at all four corners, clamped by six piston calipers up front and four piston calipers in the rear. Many past supercars used oddly-sized bespoke tires, which became nearly impossible to replace as the cars aged. That's true of the F1, and Murray didn't want it to be the case for the T50. So GMA worked with, with Michelin to develop a Pilot Sport 4S with a T50-specific compound, using standard moldings to help prevent five-figure tire builds down the road. The fronts measure 235-35R19, and the rears 295-30R20. You might expect a car like this to use Michelin's more aggressive Pilot Sport Cup 2s, but Murray says prospective owners want real daily drivability, and the PS4S is more appropriate in that regard. With values cresting 20 million, it's hard to imagine anyone daily driving an F1 today, but that was Murray's original intent. It's the same for the T50. This may be a purist car, but it's hardly Spartan. There are compartments for luggage on either side of the engine, and the interior features multiple storage spaces. A screen next to the analog, analog rev counter will mirror information from your smartphone with infotainment controls on the wheel. The engineers at GMA pulled apart Murray's modern Alpine A110 because he believes it sets the benchmark for ride handling balance. And while suspension technology has moved on significantly since the F1 first emerged, Murray is still sticking with conventional hardware. You'll generally find people only have to resort to hydraulics and electrics and compensating systems when their car weighs a lot, he says. They're going to try to disguise the fact that they will fall over in the corners unless you run ridiculously stiff metal frequencies on the springs. In pursuit of sports car purity, the T50 uses conventional forged alloy double wishbone at all four corners, or double wishbones at all four corners, with rising rate pushrod coilovers. Nothing is adaptive. There's one suspension setup. Murray is particularly proud of the front geometry, which was designed for a power steering system unlike any other. Beyond 10 miles per hour, the power steering disengages entirely, giving you the purity of a manual rack without the nuisance of huge effort at parking speeds. Carbon ceramic brakes necessitated power assistance, but GMA is trying to use as little as possible for a purer feel. Modern safety requirements means there's ABS, traction control, and stability control as well, but the dairy can shut off the TSC and ESC entirely. The T50 will have two engine maps, one for around town, driving that limits revs to 9,000 RPM, and a second for when you want to play with the V12's full 12,100 RPM. All of this is in the pursuit of involvement, not outright speed. GMA has revealed acceleration times 
hasn't hasn't revealed acceleration times or top sp- or top speed for the T50. Chasing, Murray says, and pauses. I just don't see the point. I didn't see the point in 1992, and I don't see the point now. This car is going to feel quicker than anything out there anyway. One gets the impression that Murray is the only person willing to build another McLaren F1. Most won't try because making such an uncompromising car requires a breathtaking amount of money. GMA plans on building 100 examples of the T50, each selling for around 2.6 million. The price reflects what it costs to do a car, an engine, and a gearbox from scratch, Murray says. He's hoping GMA breaks even, and that the halo effect gets the brand name out there so it can create an affordable, high-volume sports car. In any case, Marie has no plans for a follow-up. After you've done a car like this, you can go virtually anywhere you like, he says. But there won't be another. I've said a while in the past that the Dodge Viper and by greater extension the ACR was the best example, or was the best embodiment of the saying, new doesn't necessarily mean better. I still believe that partially to be the case. It's not, it's not the best now. It's one of the best, but it's not the best now. That role has been taken by the T50. I mean, no adaptive suspension? That's, that's incredibly old school for a car from 2020. It's just, it's incredible, and I, I love it for that. I don't have any qualms with adaptive suspension. Hey, the Gen 5 uses it, and they work. But Gordon Murray's philosophy is just, look, Gordon, Mur- Gordon Murray is someone to behold, and his philosophy is also something to behold. And sticking to his guts so unwaveringly to go with normal with normal non-adaptive suspension, that that takes dedication, that takes some gumption. This, the T50 is exactly what I'd want a new Viper to be. Focus more on just the driver dynamics and less about the stats, even though traditionally the Viper was quite stat heavy and focused again quite heavily on the stats that's a losing battle that's a race to the bottom i'm sure some of you would say well no that's a race to the top you can only get faster and faster and faster and while that's true what are you going to sacrifice what are you going to sacrifice for that i do believe that is a race to the bottom and doing what gordon murray here is only a race to the top making cars that are more engaging more fun to drive but also more drivable this this is where the automotive industry should be going this where the alp and this is where the alpine a110 is going that is the direction the automotive industry should be going i don't have a problem with dodge going the opposite way you know more power more power more power you know making more muscle cars because that's that's kind of the inherent characteristic of a muscle car and that's fine that's perfect for a muscle car but for sports cars this is where i want them to go so how do i think it looks then well i can kind of see the McLaren F1 inspiration, especially if you ask me, in the headlines and in the front. But I'm also glad that to, this does seem to be, this does seem to stand on its own to some extent. It's not just, it's not necessarily like the Alpine A110. It does draw cues from the F1, but it isn't, it wasn't locked in to having to be an F1. It is allowed to be its own thing, even though it does draw heavily from that car you know, like the 911, that, that is locked into being a 911. This isn't, not in the same way. And here is one thing I actually can recite from, from the, I was watching a Top Gear video on this car. It was basically an interview. The T50 is actually small, really, really small. I think it's, as a supercar, what, it might not be that much longer than a 911. It's, it might actually be quite, quite a bit shorter. Again, it's, it's sort of the ultimate expression of what supercars could be 
Because they're not this, and they haven't been this for a while now, but I would argue that this is what a supercar should be. A, a insane Lotus Elise, essentially, because that's kind of what this is. I don't, I'm not sure that this will be, that this will take over for Pagani as the poster wall car of children, but as those children grow older and, le and learn more about cars and find out about this thing, I think this would become one of their heroes. This would become one of their hero cars. Because it bucks the corporate trend of 0 to 60 times and all of that nonsense. And just makes a pure, honest to God, exquisite driver's car. It's just a great driving car and I wish we had more of that. We need more cars like this. What do you think of the new T50 though? I, I love it. I am in love with this car. I think, as I've been belaboring, we the industry needs to go for the supercars needs to go in this direction. This this direction is only a race to the top. But anyway, I do hope you enjoyed. Please like the episode, comment on the episode, share the podcast and the episode from wherever you listen. If you're watching or listening on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hitting the little notification bell, then all notifications. That's where you're not that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then hey, just boot up whatever wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I hope you all enjoy. This has been a joy of an episode. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars. If I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.